Krista, you want to say hi? Yes. Hi, future Krista. Because I'm going to listen to this later on the podcast. Yeah. Awesome. Great. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> Ever since I was a small boy, I've been obsessed with movies, books, and music. But as I grow older, I've begun to realize that these things increasingly miss the mark of fulfilling who we are meant to be. But they seem to have a common theme. They point us to a greater story, a greater adventure, a greater love, a greater joy. On this show, we dive into some of our favorite themes in songs, books, and movies so that we can begin the discussion of what our fascination with these stories actually reveal. A desire for something more. A desire for the unknown. A desire for love. A desire for God. Welcome to the adventure. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Christian Culture. This is Clint. And this is Steve. And we are excited that you guys are joining us this week on the adventure. Like you hopefully have seen by now, we posted a video with Gordon and I at Encounter Houston, a young adult conference. And today, Steve is actually joining us at that conference. You weren't attending, Steve, but you kind of snuck in. And uh, we're recording here at the hotel. So maybe we'll get people as they walk by, too. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. I uh, had to work, so I haven't been able to beer we have our our big gala coming up but i was able to grab some lunch with a friend and then swing up here and now we're recording what's so, what's the gala you want to talk about that the gala yeah you want to tell people yeah so we have our 21st annual celebration of life coming up on uh september 21st in houston at the americas so by the time this podcast comes out it will have, i guess already happened yeah but uh that's when it was it's looking good. It's we have uh, some some really good speakers. Um, it's a really nice dinner. Cool. And um, yeah, it's our big big gala. We've got like almost probably a thousand people will end up showing up, probably right around that. And so we're excited. It's just a lot of planning and intricacies. We've got like a silent auction and all that other kind of good stuff. But if people want to sign up or donate, how do they do that, Steve? They can give me a, well, they can, they can reach out to me. I don't want to just put like my cell phone number out there on the air because then I'll just start getting people. Is there not like an online registration or anything? Or there is. You can go on our website um, and there is a lot of, so like for the event there, we always post our events. You can always sign up online or they'll have like a number or something there to call for some of our smaller, more um, more intimate events. But for our, you know, just for like straight, like you want to join supporting us, you can always go online and do that there. If you want to talk to me in a work setting, you know, you can always email me and I'll give you a call. Yeah, you I guess. do that too. So. Cool. And where can, or what, what's the, e- the, the website again? Uh, it would be, uh, I think it's texasrighttolife.org. All right, cool. We'll go Off with that. My head. And if not, you can just Google it. Cause yeah, I'm going to do it right now. Google's great. Oh, it's texasrighttolife.com. Oh, dot com. Dot com, yeah. Not an organization, apparently. <sighs> just it works. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Anyway. Cool. So um, y'all can check that out if you're interested. Uh, yeah, if you're pro-life, you should be. Yeah, hopefully. <clears throat> if not, 
you can talk to us about it because yeah. change our mind. Yeah, it's like the, <laughs> it's like the tables. Yeah, we'll just sit in this hotel and you can change our mind or try to. Right, something like that. So, what media have you been taking, Clint? I feel like I haven't seen you in a while. Dude, I haven't uh, seen you in like forever. It's been at least a month, I think. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, no, life's been good. Life's been busy. Um, I really haven't taken in much media since the last time I was on here, but I did forget to mention something last time. So I went and watched Ready Player One with a bunch of guys from a young adult group. We had like a guys night. So that was a lot of fun. And while I was waiting for everyone, I started watching Sword Art Online season two. Mm -hmm. So we did an episode on Sword Art Online with me and Gordon a while back. And there's a season two. So we started watching that. And it's pretty trippy. So. Oh, rock on, rock on. What have you been taking in? Ah, uh, gosh. Um, mostly a lot of stress. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, um, kidding aside, I haven't gotten a whole lot of time to watch shows or read or anything like that. Um, but I did go and watch a movie recently with a couple friends. And by a couple friends, I mean I went with Gordon and Lizzie. Oh, nice. Um, so I was the third wheel on their date as we went and watched uh, Jurassic World 2 Fallen Kingdom. Nice. In theaters. And so I am going to insert segue here and talk about that well uh, today. So it's a follow-up on the Jurassic World original movie, which ended with everyone fleeing because the dinosaurs escaped and whatnot. Um, so before we get started, I need to confess that I actually have never seen any of the movies in their entirety. I've only seen bits and pieces of... Even the original Jurassic Even World? the original. Wow. Even the original Jurassic Park. Like, so, I saw parts of them, but I never watched them all. Yeah, so Clint here is uncultured. Um, <laughs> but we'll, Ironically. Uh, yeah, but we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll let that slide by. Um, yeah, I would... So, so it's really interesting. I grew up on Jurassic Park. I loved Jurassic Park. I actually wanted to be a paleontologist. When I made my preschool graduation and we walked across this little bridge, yeah. they looked at me, my little like four or five-year-old self, because this was preschool. This wasn't like kindergarten or first. This was my preschool graduation. They were like, what do you want to be when you grab up? And people were always like, I want to be a fireman or, you know, or a an astronaut or an astronaut or like, you know, like Superman, you know, whatever it was. Like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I was like, I want to be a paleontologist. And they were like, what the heck is that? <laughs> they're like, they study dinosaurs. And they're like, okay, kid, like, you do you. Nice. Um, and so that was what I wanted to be when I grew up because of that. Uh, so I have always had a deep love for Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Isn't there, like, a really famous, like, uh, dinosaur and fossil place over by, like, Austin, Texas? Probably. I think so. Yeah. I have not been as engaged in the paleontology oh. uh, in my later years. You got to get on that. Sounds like I a pretty know. cool place. I know. Uh, but yeah, but, so back to back But back to, to Jurassic World. Um, it takes place after the first one, obviously, as sequels often do. And Makes sense. Yeah. Um, and it's a couple of years after. Um, and basically, there's a volcano on the island where this theme park used to be and there's a lot of debate on whether or not they should allow the dinosaurs to die should they okay. save them or should they try to like let them die you know mm -hmm. and the real debate there is you know environmentally like do we try to preserve this species there or do we just let them 
let them die and people were like well we can't just let them die like they're creatures they're alive and people were like well they're really not naturally supposed to be here like we created them and so there's this this sort of real debate going on there um and jeff goldblum's character comes in and gives the whole like i think we should just let them die because if we're not careful they'll be here long after us oh i remember that from the trailer yeah that's actually the last line in the movie oh really yeah because it, it kind of flashes back to him in that courtroom like making his case throughout the movie it's in the beginning and then in the very end um basically what happens is they really want blue who is the velociraptor because blue is kind of a unique case for a dinosaur because basically they they pitch these velociraptors as probably the second most intelligent species on earth behind Mm -hmm. humanity and what's unique about blue is she was like a leader but that she had learned empathy okay and so Owen, when he was training the Velociraptor, like from like their birth, is that Chris Pratt? It's Chris Pratt's character. character. Okay. He would like it would show him videos where he's like, "Look, I'm cowering," and they would like come to like attack him to eat him, right? Because he was like weak. And then whenever they had Blue, and he like went into like this cowering phase, she like came up and like nurtured him. Okay. Like tried to make him feel better. And so basically, you end up finding out that. They, 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 they're like, look, like we really want this dinosaur. She's the last of her kind. And they convince Owen and, well, they convince Claire to reach out to Owen. Claire's the female person. Yeah, main, main female lead to convince Owen. Well, all I can think about when I think of Claire is she's the same actress who played the actress in the Black Mirror episode that I did on. Oh, that you just did like a couple weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, this is super weird. It's the same actress. But anyway, so Claire convinces him, and he goes, and and things are falling apart. They save some, like, a lot of the species, not all of them, and, like, you see them die because of the volcano. But you find out that they really brought these species back because they wanted to sell them. They wanted to auction them off. That sounds um, like an awful idea. Yes. Terrible, terrible like, idea. At no point would I be like, hey... We should give these to the public. Yeah, so they they buy them and they like sell them to like a black market, like really shady people. Like, oh, you can buy this dinosaur and they'd be great at like killing your enemies. And basically, in the original movie, they created the Indominus Rex, which was this horrible monstrosity that eventually finally got killed. And they took that DNA and like mixed in more raptor DNA to make it the the Indomitraptor, which is like the main big bad of this movie. Mm. Because, but the issue was they wanted Blue because the Indomitraptor needed a mother to learn empathy from. Because if you just had this like unstoppable killing machine and it wasn't able to like have the same genetics that Blue had that allowed it to like listen and learn and like obey a master, then it would just kill whoever. And so they like had somehow triggered it to where like if you like shot a red beam on somebody like a red light and then like press a sonic thing like it would only lock onto that target until that target was dead and so basically their idea was we can create a unique animal like this that's only for the purpose of war like let's make money off of creating a creature that that's purpose is to kill and and just be a war monster what could go wrong yeah and they were like well people use german shepherds in world war ii and it's like yeah, it didn't really go too well. 
And so that's kind of what they're doing, and they're trying to sell like some of them as like farming creatures and whatever. And it's all based on this one guy's fortune, who was, I guess, the partner of the original guy. Um, like they're the ones who did it together, and he had no idea that any of this was happening. Like the, and it just kind of shows this. He buy, he basically has this one guy who handles all of his finances for him, mm-hmm. and he picked him because he was young and idealistic. And he was like, I used to be, I in early in the movie, he's like, I used to be both of those things. And he's trying to say it in like a charming way. But would you end up finding out that he's no longer really idealistic and he's really just money driven and greedy. And basically the whole plot of the movie and everything horrible that happens is all because this guy just really, really wanted some money. Okay. And so at one point in the movie, they like show the Indominus, Indominaraptor. It's like a, here's what's to come. Mm-hmm. And, like, the main bad guy of the first movie, and probably the main bad guy throughout, because he ended up not getting eaten by a dinosaur this movie either, he's the one who created the Indominus, Re- Indominus Rex and the Indominaraptor, was, like, kind of playing good guy. Where he was like, what are you doing? Like, because they bring out the raptor, and people are like, I'll give $25 million. And, like, they keep thing. And he's like, what are you doing? This animal's not for sale. And he's like, it is for sale as a prototype for $30 million. You know? or whatever it was and like he's like well we can't sell this creature because it can't be contained you know mm-hmm. and he's like well they're willing to buy it so let's sell it you know and and then what's funny is even the main that bad guy who creates these things his main concern isn't necessarily that he's putting out this dangerous animal that can't be controlled because it's a prototype and not finished mm-hmm. his issue is well now they'll have the genetic code and they can just make it themselves and he's still like this greed, like I have to be the one that makes this creature what okay. it is. So it's it's a lot of pride. Yeah. So that's kind of like the premise of the movie. Okay. It's just a lot of like most of the movie takes place half of the probably a good portion takes place some of it takes place on the island I'm saving the dinosaurs. Most take place in this big mansion. And this guy who like tries to save money, he gets found out by the guy who actually has the money and then he like smothers him with a pillow and like kills him holy cow and then has okay. like this he becomes like this horrible person that like all you want to see is him eaten by a dinosaur and that's not the most christian way to go about it but that's how i felt <laughs> i was like i can't wait to see him get eaten and it was by a t-rex so you know oh, throwback so he, to the he does actually get eaten in the end he does um and i really thought it was going to be the indominator yeah that was going to do it because i was like yeah of course it's going to be like the big an- mean animal but no, it was actually uh, it was actually a T Rex, which was a real throwback to the originals. Because the T Rex is like the big bad until they started genetically modifying right, these creatures right, right. to like be worse than a T Rex. Because originally the premise was to just bring back dinosaurs, and the T Rex was just yeah the most and then powerful. and then so what you end up seeing, and I, I think is a really in, interesting theme to talk about, is Jeff Goldblum's and just in terms of medical. You know, like not just creating dinosaurs, but like in terms of real medical research. You know, they're so. Jeff Wilson says in the original trilogy, like in the original movie, you were so worried about whether or not you could that you stopped. You didn't stop to ask whether or not you should. You should, yeah. And you really see that taken to its extreme. Like, okay, it's one thing to just bring them back, but now you have the technology and the means to create super dinosaurs that could just completely devastate entire civilizations. And at the very end of the movie, spoilers, they get released into the wild. Like, they either die of, like, gas, like, they either get 
like die because there's like a gas leak and it'll kill all the dinosaurs or they can release them into the wild and they decide to release them into the wild um, the adults decide not to like to just let them die even though they spent the whole movie trying to save them but a little girl tries to like ends up pressing the button to release them um, in a really interesting twist because again spoilers it turns out that like the guy like the main like nice like the guy who has all the money that like funded all of this his yeah. daughter died and because he was able to bring back dinosaurs from life he like cloned his daughter and so his granddaughter this granddaughter throughout the whole movie is actually just a clone of his daughter whoa and so she like releases these dinosaurs and she's like they're just like me which i think is another really interesting theme to talk about but i think just first theme first this whole idea of, you know, just because we have the means to do something, does it, necess- does it mean that we should? Right. Does it not, you know, in a certain sense, are we opening Pandora's box? It's interesting because a lot of times people will look at something, you know, like, oh, like we're just bringing dinosaurs back from the dead, mm-hmm. which may not actually be that innocent as we saw. Right. But, like, it opens up a can of worms. You know, like we talk about like stem cell research. It's just because we have the means, like, to do that kind of research, is it ethical to, you know, rely upon abortion and the ending of life, right? Because stem cell research isn't just like you find one stem cell. Like you're harvesting mm. a ton of embryos, right? And, I mean, in a way, it almost seems like the medical research of the Nazis where, you know, hundreds, if not now, millions of lives have to end for a small advancement Mm -hmm. in medical technology that realistically could have been found through other means, but that's not where we were focusing. Because we have the the ability to do it over here. So why look for alternatives? Right. Is there, in in the movie, a kind of sense of, uh, like, moral question of, should we be playing God by, like, bringing these back? Yeah, there's always that. That was in the original movies a okay. lot more of like, should we even playing God? And then um, in the second ones, and I actually think it's really interesting in like the, the Jurassic World, especially this movie, there is like some of that question, but there also is a big question. And, and honestly, like all of the money of like going in and saving the dinosaurs was spent because they thought they were going to be able to save them and put them on this other island and then just leave them alone. Like that they felt like, yeah, maybe it wasn't the right thing to bring them back, but we did, and so we have a moral obligation to ma- like to not just kill them. Right. Right. That, and I think it's interesting because, like, my organization, like, takes a stance on that, in like a certain sense. Like, yeah, you know, whether or not you want to go with like, like, we're against in vitro fertilization, mm-hmm. not necessarily because we're just like, oh, like it should all be like we don't take the stance of oh, like you know it just isn't natural you know and we don't necessarily take like the way that like the church would take the stance of like this isn't you know full um gift of self you know right. like there's not that aspect so but we take it as like actually medically and scientifically like when you have an vitro fertilization you end up having to freeze all of these eggs and you have a lot of failed attempts right. before you get a successful embedment yeah, yeah. and so you end up having all of these other embryos that just get thrown away and if those embryos have been fertilized, then they still are a life. 
that needs to be protected. Right. And this actually makes me think a little bit about what, what you were saying before with we shouldn't have brought them into the world, but we did. And so now we can't kill them. It's kind of an argument for pro-life as well, because mm-hmm. this uh, as a pretty common pro-choice argument is, well, I, I can't handle them or I can't take care of the kid. So I'm going yeah. to get rid of it. But well, maybe you weren't ready for a kid yet, but you're having one. And right. You can't just take a life just because you're not ready. Exactly. And, and so you see that a lot um, as a theme, but also the sense of like, should we really be spending the money? And we should, like, is it ethical to create these like super dinosaurs? And I think that's like genetic modification, you know? Mm. Like, if we have the means to genetically modify, should we? I almost look at, what is it, Iceland that was toting that they pretty much got rid of Down syndrome. Yeah, it was Iceland. Because they, they basically they aborted. killed everyone that... Yeah. Yeah. And you see that and you're like, you know, you have what could potentially be a noble end, but that's consequentialism, right? That's ends justify the means, but they don't. And, and that's giving a certain group the power to choose whose life has value. Yeah. Yeah, and so I yeah. feel like we, we get into the pro life movies a lot when when you're on. Yeah, I it's, don't know. Maybe it's, cause it's ironic. Maybe that's like what I do for a living. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't always intend to. This is just like what I went and watched, and these yeah. are the themes that really have sure, come sure. up. But I also see in this movie um, just a lot with greed and a lot with pride and a lot with this idea that well, this is something that I want to do. And like, there's something humbling about these movies because, like, your richest and most powerful person, because you end up having this room of rich and powerful people, you know? All your rich and powerful people, regardless, can't face up when they're face-to-face with a dinosaur with razor-sharp teeth right. that's highly intelligent. I mean, the way the dinosaur gets out is he gets like tranked but like it takes a lot more tranquilizer so he gets shot twice and goes down like realizing what's going on and like fakes that he's unconscious so they open the cage to check on it and he and gets then out he like puts up its tail and the guy turns around to like see if the tail's there and like it, he like like the tail's he like, puts it down when the tail's not there and he looks back and then like he does it again and you like see the dinosaur open his eyes and like kind of smile and then like goes back to the normal thing and he does it like a third time and he looks back and then by that time the dinosaur just is on top of him and like escapes and there's this idea that's really humbling of like you know as much as we want to play god in our lives and as much as you know we are like you know we can be driven by our passions or our greed or our pride you know Mm -hmm. at its core that there's something bigger and, and better or badder you know um, and in this sense, it's very scary dinosaurs. But in, in reality, like, God is bigger than we could ever hope to dream to be. So we, we have these prideful, greedy characters of, like, the rich people who, who, who created this. Is there really a Christ figure in the movie that you can think of? Or not, <laughs> not really. Is it? Yeah, I mean... Because I, I would hope there'd be some kind of, like, counter to the, the greed and pride. Yeah, honestly, so the young girl ends up being very, very, like, this very innocent and pure character. 
Yeah. Where she wants the right thing, she's the one who tries to bring it up to her grandfather that his money's being spent in a bad way. Claire really just wants what's best for the dinosaurs. Owen wants what's best for the dinosaurs. And so, like, they're very much, like, they're the ones that are like, let's try to save them. Mm -hmm. And they go through, you know, and they really do put their lives on the line on the island to try to save them. But they definitely show the other side of it. You know, where... The good versus evil. Yeah, the good versus evil. Moral versus immoral. Yeah, but more in terms of... Both are concerned with the survival of animals, like these these creatures. Like, both are concerned about the dinosaurs and what happens to them. One, because they actually care about what happens to them and wants what's best for them. Sure. And in a way, it treats them almost as an end in themselves. Mm -hmm. Whereas these greedy and prideful people treat them as a means to an end like they care what happens to them because at the end of the line that's their bottom line love versus use yeah yeah sure um that's interesting and you know obviously these dinosaurs so you know rational souls and whatnot but people do that with people all the time yeah 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 for sure uh and i'm not saying we should use animals like we should treat stewardship and i think this is a really interesting theme stewardship almost Mm -hmm. demands that we take care of the environment and take care of these creatures yeah i've always loved the word steward partially because it's such a big thing in lord of the rings yeah the steward of gondor but the word steward is it's someone who takes care of the king's possessions while the king is away and i think that's so true for us it's like so perfect because while the the king jesus himself is is away we are to care for and, and and be his hands and feet yeah so one thing that kind of comes to mind for me is with bringing back these dinosaurs, I wonder if there's almost a hint of like the resurrection. I think what's really, I think there's, there's part of that um, maybe, but I think really what's interesting is that you have Blue, who's this dinosaur that's like highly intelligent and that the mark of intelligence wasn't that it was like very clever, but it was like empathetic. Mm. They're like, Blue is more intelligent than all the other dinosaurs, even the other velociraptors, because it learned empathy. And that empathy is really, really sets apart creatures. Right. And they, and obviously, like, the greedy people took that as, well, they can learn empathy, so we can train them to listen to their masters. Mm-hmm. But you end up having Blue really becomes the one who saves the day. The Indominus, the Indominus like, pretty much hunting them down. And the way they end up killing it is because Blue intervenes and, like... Is that the scene where they're, like, in the middle of, like, a town or something and they're fighting in all these buildings? It's, like, raining out? Yeah, so actually that's one big mansion. Oh, okay. It's not a town. They're at a mansion. It's a huge mansion. It's a very large mansion. Okay, so I've seen that scene. And there's one... Yeah, there's a scene where, like the dinosaur like the way they kill it is they lead it to a certain place and then blue does some things and yeah but anyway yeah there's some interesting themes in there like i said they end up releasing all of the dinosaurs into the wild Mm -hmm. and then you end up seeing throughout these scenes of like them showing up at different places and like blue shows up at like a you know like a mountain almost overlooking like this suburbia you know i'm assuming hunting dogs or whatever okay to, you know, velociraptors ought to do. Sure. But this is the point where 
you know, I think it's interesting is they're, they're personifying or they're, you know, they're almost trying to make human these dinosaurs, but it's immediately tempered at the very end by Jeff Goldblum being like, these animals were here long before us. And if we're not careful, they'll be here long after us. Mm-hmm. That they were, I mean, honestly, they were put to extinction through a, cladic- cl- a cataclysmic event. Okay. Like there was the comet. Right. And Theoretically. Most likely. Yeah. And that's kind of the, the, the what they're assuming. And basically, these creatures, like, we are not equipped to handle predators and monsters of their size and, you know, ferociousness. And I think that in itself is an element of that pride to think that we as humans would be able to even subdue creatures like that. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, Jeff Goldblum's whole point is we should let them die on the island because they're not supposed to be here. And so, like, early on in the movie, like, this, like, sea creature, the one that kills the Indominus Rex in the first movie, gets out because they're just trying to, like, get the bones and DNA of the Indominus Rex so they go to the island and then, like, a crap ensues and he dies. And so, anyway, this creature gets out. You see it at the very end of the film. These people are surfing and it's, like, in the water. It's mm. like huge, and like, essentially, like the idea of like, well, if this thing was on your your coast, like you could never be there. Like it would literally eat every person. Right. Like it would open its mouth and be able to consume the entire like water full of people. Like it's a monstrosity, and like you see that you see all these other creatures, and there's actually an after credit scene to that movie, which I thought was weird. Does it prefigure another movie? I think so. Yeah. But it's all, all the after credit scene is it shows, the, like, the pterodactyl creatures, like, in Las Vegas. Because all this happens in California. Okay. And so it's in Las Vegas, and it ends up showing that they're starting to spread. And, like, the moniker Jurassic World becomes, like, a very real possibility that these right. creatures are actually spreading across the world. Or at least the United States at this point. Right. Because and there were dinosaurs that were taken and sold to like people across the world earlier right. in the movie so yeah. in reality they are and I really would think that the third movie is going to be like a fallout from that and I just I don't know I kind of want to bring up the point of like you know at what point does trying to live without ethics affect like or I'm trying to think of how to phrase this but like ethical choices and, and making the moral choice and I think this movie really shows the negative downturn and downward spiral that is sin and just making poor choices and just making choices without any sort of ethics and morality and how that can just steamroll and almost if they wouldn't have tried to bring these dinosaurs back in the first place no one would have had the idea to create a bigger or badder dinosaur in the, in the first Jurassic World that wasn't supposed to be like a war dinosaur. Right. It was supposed to be like... It, it's kind of like the snowball effect of mm-hmm. the consequences that come from our mm-hmm. actions, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and how a, a lot of the times, rather than actually dealing with the situation, we just make it bigger by continuing it. It's like the, the idea of like, mm-hmm. I, I tell a lie, and then I tell a lie to cover up the lie. Yeah and then a lie to cover up both of those lies. And, and, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger until dinosaurs 
are in the world. Because mm-hmm. that's what happens when you lie. Dinosaurs come back to life. Right. And, and, and you <laughs> see it. And you see it in terms of, like, the first decision. Should we make a, make even remake dinosaurs? And then let's make a park. Right? And the original movies, it's greed of someone trying to steal the DNA of the dinosaurs for their own purposes right. that gets the park shut, like the security of the park shut down and the dinosaurs escape in the first place. And so you still see that same theme coming up. But now you have this, then they created the Indominus Rex in the first Jurassic World, not as like a war machine, but as a, oh, wouldn't this be a really cool attraction that would bring more money? And then they realized, wow, this thing can kill pretty much any other dinosaur. If right. we could control it, it could be a war machine. And so you see, like, there's this progression of, oh, well, we can do this, and then we can do that. And, like, they're, it's like these bad decisions breed worse decisions. It's kind of like the Eskimo wolf trap. Have you yeah. ever heard of that yeah, story? Yeah. yeah, so for those of you who aren't familiar, the Eskimo wolf trap is... Um, I think it's a real thing, mm-hmm. but it's also an analogy that we use for sin. So apparently the Eskimos, when they realize that there's a wolf in their area, they will slaughter an animal and then use its blood and make kind of like a blood sickle on a, a blade, a, a knife. And then they bury the handle of the knife in the snow so that the blade with the blood sickle is poking out. and wolves can smell that from like miles away and so they'll come and they'll lick the the blood off of the blade and in doing so they cut their own tongue and so now there's fresh blood on the knife and so they they lick it again this time more vigorously and they keep going and and the more blood is on it the more they want to lick it and, and, and get the blood and eventually they lick it until they bleed to death and that's the same thing with our sin once we we lick it once then it becomes easier and we we want it to do it again and again and again and eventually we're put in this spiral until we're dead and the important aspect of that is at some point they become numb to the sin and numb to the pain of it yeah yeah so like they're licking this blade and they become numb because it's frozen and so they don't feel that they're cutting themselves they don't have uh, taste buds anymore or their their tongue's like all gone yeah so Um, so they're just hurting and they don't even realize it because they become numb to it right yeah. Cool. You got anything else, or do you got a challenge? Yeah, I think obviously I have a challenge. We always have challenges, but I think you know, and not just looking at the big picture of like whether or not things are ethical and this or that. And obviously, yes, take a look at that and take a stand for truth. But really, my challenge is to really look deep and see where it is that we're allowing our like our pride and especially like our lust for things or something else right it doesn't have to be money or financial gain mm-hmm. um but we can have a greed or this lusting after really anything um and i just want you to see like what it is that is detracting you from like the real path and like where it is that your focus is like what is it that you're really focusing on and i want you to realize like are you living in a way that your ends justify your means? That like that end is what you're going for and it doesn't matter how you get there, you're gonna get there. Or are you living a life of this is how I ought to live? Where the person is, is the end. Yeah, where the person is the end. And really like if our main end is heaven, like the ends do really matter. Like the means really do matter because our means are 
our way of getting there. Right. Right. Like that's we have to live in these ways. Whereas if you're like, oh, I just want to make a million dollars by the time I'm 30, well, you can do anything and try to get there, and like everything goes out the window. And so I need you really realize like what it is that that is detracting. Like where is your focus, and whether or not you're really living. Prioritize. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. Cool. I like it. You got a oh. shout out? Yeah. Do you have any shout outs? Uh, I, I kind of do. I'll, I'll just give a shout out to Adore Ministries and Steubenville for putting on Encounter Houston. And then also all the Pines people, because I ran into like over 30 people from the Pines oh, right at on. this conference. And it was really cool to see them again. So. Yeah, I saw Sarah took a picture with uh, one of the girls from the Pines on Instagram. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I don't have Instagram, so. No. Well, there you go. I want to shout out, um, obviously, just my work because we have our uh, text right to life just because we've got our gala coming the up. gala. Um, and my one coworker, Sandra, who started listening to us. Cool. I think I might have shouted her a lot. Thanks, time. Sandra. Yeah. Um, shout out to my friend, Rachel. I had lunch with her. But yeah, and just shout out to all the people who walked past and waved to us. Yeah. Um, I don't know who you are. There's been a lot of people that just like stared at us because we're recording this in the middle of a hotel. Yeah. It's great. And we're like, who? what's going on here? And it's like, yeah, that's what we do. Come listen to the show. Yeah. So I appreciate y'all. Um, let us know if there's anything you want us to cover. I promise if you do tell me to read a book or watch a movie or a show, I will do it for the sake of this podcast. I may not do it for my own sake because <laughs> all I do is work, but I will do it for your sake. I do have some announcements, too. Oh, yeah. Yes, so yes. Big announcements. So, number one, if you haven't seen our videos yet, so we're going to be putting out from episode 48, last week's episode, we talked about the story and like what it means to, to be on the adventure, right? So we're going to be putting out our own videos of our testimony and our witness, and we want y'all to contribute to that. So if you want to share with us a video of your own witness you can video yourself and send that to us or you can just send us messages and we'll kind of include bits and pieces of that in our own witness videos because we're all on the adventure together you guys are part of our story and we are all part of christ's story so do that and we'll get those videos out really soon and then the other thing and even more exciting probably is in two days from now, two days from this podcast coming out on the 24th of September, we are celebrating our 50th episode with a live episode recording. So that'll be at about 8 p.m. Central Time. So if you guys want to tune in to Facebook Live, we're going to be recording that. There will be a live audience, and it should be a good time. And then also, if you are listening on Facebook Live that day, then you can hopefully give us some feedback and maybe questions and stuff while we're going live so please feel free to do that awesome hey thank you all so much for everything you do without y'all we wouldn't really be here yeah so thank you thank you thank you let us know again if there's anything that you would like us to do a podcast on let us know what your media you're in taking um and just let us know your story um thank you guys for joining us for another week of the adventure god bless
Davis, you want to say something to the peoples? Hello, everyone. Hey How guys, you doing? This is Davis. He's one of the top listeners and also happens to be at Encounter Houston with us this weekend. Yeah, it's been a great weekend so far. And here comes the Mattlers. Da 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 da. No, we're waiting for Steve. You can talk though, and it'll probably end up in the podcast anyways because that's what we do now. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> <My> podcast people. <laughs> this is Kevin and Sarah, who we've also shouted out many times. Yeah, yeah. What? I'm Davis. 